Jai Sadgurudev. Very warm welcome to all the listeners in this weekly session brought to you by North America Institute of Vihangam Yoga. I, Anand Apte, have joined this session from North Carolina. Congratulations to all of you who have joined this session today, taking some time from your busy life. Since last few sessions, we are running a series of sessions on our spiritual journey. In last couple of sessions, we understood how to look at obstacles in our journey of life and what is purity of mind. Today, we will look at a very interesting topic which, related, which is related to devotion to Guru and different types of bhakti which I am sure everyone will be interested to know more about and will have some questions on these. As Swamiji says in Sarved, Mudra prana yam sab bandh kare nahi sant Guru prasad phule kamal sant mata par ant So let's start the session with uh, solutions in the holy feet of Sadguru and invoking his presence, presence to bless this session. I request Nituji for Swagatgan. Thank you, Ananji. Jai Sadguru Dev, everyone. Aaj Swagat Nitya Guru Var Sant Shubhagam Aayye Adhyatma Vidya Devya Jyoti Somaras Barsai Dosh Durgun Dur Kareke Shud Hans Banai Bid Gam Gati Gyan Garjan Shakti Dwar Hatai Kule Dwara Shakt Sagar Bhakt Jan Anvai Jan Sada Fal Shan an bachai Aj swagat nitya guru var Sant shubhagam aaye Bolye Sadguru Dev Bhagwan ki jai Over to you Anandji Thank you Nituji through Mangalgan, we pray for peace and prosperity of the whole universe. I request Nituji for Mangalgan. Thank you. Thank you, Ananji. Vishwa Shanti Nam Mangal Param Guru Kodhyayi Varg Dvandva Ashanti Dur Kar 
भाव भेद मिटाइए सार्वभौम समष्टि सत्ता ध्यात्म राज बनाइए भेष भाषा भाव जग में ज्ञान पर दर्शाइए समृद्धि सुख शांति धरातल स्वर्ग भूमि बनाइए विश्व शिक्षक जन सदाफल नीति स्वर अपनाइए विश्व शांति नाम मंगल परम गुरु को ध्याइए बोलिए सतगुरुदेव भगवान की जय ओवर टू यू आनंद जी Thank you, Nituji, for such soulful offering of the prayers. We will begin with the discussion questions of the day. We have experienced seeker Vijay Ji with us to answer your questions. Welcome, Vijay Ji. So the first question is: Through our culture, we have learned to be devotees of gods or goddesses. but why does the true spiritual aspirant offer devotion to sadguru or guru vijay ji please uh, your voice is not audible vijay ji and jai sadgurudev jai sadgurudev akhand mandala karam चराचर तस्मुवे नम बोडाउन टू द लोटस फीट ऑफ सदगुदेव भगवान पूजनीय माता जी संपर्शी विज्ञान देव जी महाराज एज वेल एज संश्री नाम देव जी महाराज वाई डज द ट्रू स्पिरिचुअल एस्पिरेंट ऑफर डिवोशन टू गुरु वाई इट इज इंपॉर्टेंट टू नो दिस वी हैव आवर ओन वे ऑफ ऑफरिंग आवर डिवोशन right and we all are uh, you know following one or the other way of uh, spending little or significant time in worship right from childhood we have seen our parents our relatives spending time in devotion so we all understand that devotion in some way 
you know cultivate a sense of purity a sense of peace within us when there is a devotional environment automatically we do not feel like you know behaving the way we behave in uh, any other outside environment we automatically become very formal and very cultured in that devotional ambience that is the power of devotion that is the power of that atoms the vibrations where the devotional practice happens and so any form of devotional environment feel very very profound and as if very effective and because of that it becomes very difficult for devotional practitioner to differentiate because they feel that any devotional ambience is equally effective any devotional ambience whether you sit in uh, any holy places or you sit in any gathering where all the pure hearts are doing something in the name of devotion all pure hearts of course if there is any notorious element in that then there'll be some you know turbulence in the ambience and you will feel it you will feel that you know this person or this group of people are you know disturbing the ambience you will feel it but when everybody is filled with devotional heart when all around you see whichever places whichever gathering whichever practice when everybody around us is so pure so calm so devotional that the ambience itself motivates people to behave culturally and the ambience will be powerful enough to ignite the sense of devotion the sense of peace the sense of purity in everybody who is present over there and when you feel such kind of peace and purity in any such devotional practices it really becomes difficult for us to or rather it becomes very natural for us to feel happy with what we are doing because it feels so good it feels so good but what is the purpose of devotion what is the purpose of devotion because feeling good is one thing but the purpose of devotion if not understood correctly then in this feel good factor we will lose the very essence of devotion itself very essence of devotion feel good factor is not the only thing about devotion we certainly feel good but that is just at the surface and it has to be good so of course this is nice to have a good ambience pure hearts pure practice devotional practice all around it's, it's really nice 
but it is as good as this we decide one day that today i will start a journey to reach an ultimate destination and we reach to a platform or an airport or whichever mode of commute we choose we reach to that that station and that station is so enchanting it's so <clears throat> mind blowing you really feel very joyful in that platform on that station from where you have to on board onto a mode of commute to reach our destination <clears throat> now when we we feel so lost into that enchanting environment that that very engrossing environment at the platform will it fulfill our purpose will it fulfill our purpose of reaching to the ultimate destination for which we reached there so of course it is not only the the platform or the station that was important for us but the the whole motive of going to that station was to reach to a destination now the question is if that platform that station itself is so mind soothing can we not drop the idea of reaching to the ultimate destination if i like the station itself can i just miss the train can i just miss the bus can i just miss the the plane why do i really need to go to the ultimate destination then if that itself gives me such an immense peace and i feel good can i not just drop the idea of going to the ultimate destination and only when people really think in this line it is only then we will understand what is the importance of devotion to guru so in spiritual term what we are trying to convey the message here is that in the spiritual journey also there is an initial platform an initial station where we have to reach and every milestone of the spiritual journey is very beautiful so of course it is quite possible that we will feel very happy with the first station itself we'll feel very happy about it because every milestone of the spiritual journey is so beautiful but is it wise to stay on the platform itself on the station itself even though it is beautiful even though it feels good and drop the idea of promoting ourselves into the higher aspect of spiritual journey what is the problem if we drop the idea of promoting our spiritual pra practices to advanced level what is the problem 
if we drop that idea if you're happy with the initial stage of spiritual practice itself because it's so beautiful it feels so nice what is the problem in staying just at that the problem is this that this opportunity of even staying in that initial practice of spirituality spirituality is available to us only when we are in human life and this human life is very temporary once we lose this human life then even that opportunity of staying in the initial practice of devotion will be also lost now does it is it guaranteed that we will get back the human birth again when we feel that for me i think just doing whatever i am doing is enough because i feel good if we really stick to this very idea this very ignorance our self made ignorance if we think that whatever we are doing that is sufficient i am i am doing my worship the way i want and i feel really very very soothing about it it is so peaceful in my heart i think i am doing complete worship this very shell of ignorance that we have made around us do you really feel convinced that this guarantees for you that you will take next birth also as human or you really feel that there have been several incidences in our current life which was beyond our control do we not really feel that we are bound to certain things and we have no control on that if in our current life while we are alive while we have our indriyas while we can act still things go uncontrolled what is the guarantee that after we leave this body we will have control that will come back to the human life only of course not if while we our all senses are working our body is functional our mind is functional intellect is functional soul is functional when everything is live and conscious yet we cannot control our current life what is the guarantee that we can control our next life can we ensure that our next life will be human only with whatever we are doing of course we cannot ensure but who can ensure that who has the power to ensure that our next life will be human only who have been given that power by the almighty to ensure that our next life will be human only that power is called sadguru that power is called sadguru and that is why sadguru is very special entity sadguru is not just any other entity of worship sadguru is one and only a unique entity called sadguru sadguru is just one 
just like Almighty is just one, the Sadhguru is just one. Sadhguru is that special entity. And Sadhguru has the power to command on the soul and the destiny of the soul. If Sadhguru adopts a soul as his child, then it is Sadhguru who decides where will this soul go after this life? Then Sadhguru decides what is the state of devotion of my soul, my child, and based on that, he decides even in the next birth how do I have to begin that soul's journey of spirituality? From where do I have to begin his journey? Sadhguru has that commandment and he has done it. He is doing it and he will do it. Sadhguru is the one who has the authority to give us the devotion and liberation. The Sadhguru is identified by this power, that one who has the authority to give us devotion and liberation. Sadhguru is that authority. So even though it feels good in whatever we are doing, it is not sufficient because whatever we are doing is only karma. All we can do is only karma. We think that we are doing devotion. No, whatever feel good factor we are getting, that is the result of a good karma that we are doing. When we go to any holy place, whether it be the mosque, the temple, the church, or any other holy place, the Guru Dware, you know, it is our act, this pious act, this pious thought, which are nothing but in the domain of karma. Kaik, Vachik, Manasik, Karma Hatina Prakar. It is just our pious thought pious action which is giving us the instant result of feel-good factor but this very opportunity of feel-good factor is also very temporary for the soul we are not just a human being we are a soul who is undergoing through a human experience today but this is very temporary Spirituality is about, it is centric to the soul. Spirituality is centric to the soul. We have to think about the soul and the pro progress of the soul, not about just this very instant life. Why do we practice spirituality? We practice spirituality because we are thinking about the soul that we are. We are thinking about the well-being of the soul. And not only for temporary period, but forever. Because the soul is caught into the cycle of life and death forever. That is the problem. And we have to get this soul out of this clutch of bondages. The bondage of karma. The bondage of ignorance. And the association with this physical world. The soul is caught into this 
ocean of sorrow and we have to bring the soul out of this clutch and Sadhguru is for that reason so feel good factor we don't have to go after feel good factor we have to live our life in in wisdom if we like the primary school it does not mean that for the whole life we'll keep going to the primary school we still have to one day pass out from the primary school we have to go to promote ourselves to the middle school then high school then college then universities we we just cannot stick to elementary and the primary just because it is so feel good so nice so soothing that's not how we can reach to our destination and this is the whole reason why a true spiritual aspirant true spiritual aspirant offer devotion to guru because guru is one who guides this whole journey of spirituality from beginning to the ultimate thank you thank you vijayji for such a detailed answer for this question if uh, i i hope uh, everybody's quest must be fulfilled by this but if anybody has any question related to this please come forward and ask a question if we have any uh, persons joining for the first time today you are welcome to come forward and introduce yourself all right if we do not have any questions on that then we can move to the next question so the next question is uh, what is the difference between andric bhakti and chetan bhakti you have already covered some part of it in the first question but uh, can you please elaborate more on this thank you vijay ji thank you sure but let let's uh, uh, let's hear from other people also those who are joining the session um what do we think that uh, the bhakti that we can offer in vihangam yoga at this stage are we offering our chetan bhakti right now whatever we are doing what do we do as a initial practitioner in vihangam yoga we try to meditate we try to involve ourselves into any kind of practices or seva that we get we every, every day morning evening we sit in front of guru we sing our prayers we sing swagat gan mangal gan we read swarved we offer guru vandana we offer aarti we offer shanti path these are the the minimum set of prayers that we do on daily basis so are we in vihangam yoga really doing the chetan bhakti or or we are also doing just the andrik bhakti then why do we talk about chetan bhakti if we are not doing chetan bhakti in vihangam yoga 
at this stage, then why do we even need to know about Chetan Bhakti? Does Vihangam Yuga really offer that opportunity or that platform where the Chetan Bhakti happens? Is it happening with any Vihangam Yogi? If Vihangam Yogi is also like any other practices, because in preliminary stage, right now, whatever we are doing, we feel that, okay, it's just the different prayers, different language, maybe. But uh, when I sit in meditation, well, uh, my senses are working. I'm, I'm still feeling my body. I'm still feeling my breath. So where is Chetan Bhakti? So I would like to hear a few things uh, from those who are relatively new in Vihangam Yoga that do you really hope that Vihangam Yoga has more than, I mean, more stuff to offer later than what we are doing right now? What do you think, Venkatji, Venkat Narayanji? That is, is Vihangam Yuga also not limited to just Andrik Bhakti? First of all, what is Andrik Bhakti here? Is it like uh, Indriyas you are referring to? Yes, yes. Andrik Bhakti means all the practices of devotion through our body, mind. You know, all the... Anything but not the soul. Okay, and what is the difference between Andrik Bhakti and Chaitan Bhakti? That's what, okay, sorry, that's the question, the whole question, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Okay, so, so to me, whether it is Hingam Yoga or regular religious practices, right. we all start with uh, Andrik Bhakti only. Mm -hmm. From there, mm -hmm. we need to get into Chaitan Bhakti. That's the goal, uh, whether it is uh, whatever the religion we follow, whatever right. the practice we do, mm -hmm. that's my understanding. Mm -hmm. So people start with the physical, material world, uh, like, whether it is chanting or whether it is uh, doing regular puja or home home, all those kind of things. Nice. But over a period of time, once you start doing it, then you need to get into the meaning and then the purpose and then the uh, beyond your Indrik, what you call here, right? So we have to get into that stage only, then it is uh, fruitful. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't start with uh, direct chetan, at least to me. Uh, mm -hmm. I, there may be a few exceptions, mm -hmm. but generally, it should anything and everything should start as you said earlier in the previous uh, conversation everything starts with lkg ukg and then you cannot even if you are a phd but you might not have done a phd directly right mm -hmm. so we should start with the basics right. that's what this bhakti is mm -hmm. and the chetan bhakti obviously that's a goal that we should achieve if i understand it correctly right now very rightly said vinkaji thank you sir yeah, but uh, what makes Vihangam Yuga uh, even, why do we be even are hopeful that Vihangam Yuga can take us to there? What makes us hopeful of it? Because, uh, first of all, we need to understand that, let's say whatever mantra, whatever prayers, whatever doha we are singing, reading, the mm -hmm. Andrik Bhakti 
maybe about reading it and doing it with our indriyas but even though we understand with our intellect even though we start understanding what i am singing what is the meaning of it and we completely understand will it promote our devotion to the level of consciousness maybe it will promote our devotion to our buddhi maybe it was limited to our indriya meaning our speech organs our ears our eyes but if we start understanding what we are singing what we are speaking what we are hearing will it promote our devotion to our soul no it will promote our devotion to our intellect that means now whatever we are doing it is not just blindfolded we are doing but now we are understanding also still even though we start understanding what we are doing even though we we know the meaning of it and after knowing the meaning of it we start guiding our life also accordingly let's say we read a mantra that says that we should always be truthful in our life let's say there is a mantra for that and we are chanting that mantra we should be truthful in our life with our thought with our actions with our behavior we should be very truthful and this mantra we are chanting we should be truth truthful if we should be truthful we should be truthful initially we didn't want to pay attention to the meaning and we are chanting every day this is one level of andrik bhakti now after few days we pay little attention we should be truthful but what does it mean okay that means i should be truthful with my thought i should be truthful with my action i should be truthful in and out whatever is my my nature inside i should behave accordingly whatever i am behaving outside that should be my very inside in and out transparent very truthful now i understood it that means now has my mantra promoted me to the conscious devotion no it is just next level of andrik bhakti first level of andrik bhakti is where our intellect is dormant and we are just using our speech the next level of andrik bhakti is when our intellect is awake now we are understanding also and now we started bringing little change in our life based on what we are speaking what we are praying but this is still at very andric level it just that from outer indriya we have moved to the inner indriya it is just next level of andric bhakti we have vahyakaran we have panch gyanendriya panch karmendriya which are outer organ and then we have four inner organs but they are still organs they are still very andric they are still just physical organs just that now we have promoted our devotion to inward maybe we not inward but to the inner inner indriyas it is still very andric do we really have power to promote our devotion to 
the conscious level? Actually not. A human being by himself cannot promote the devotion to the Chetan level. You cannot. How hard you try yourself. At most, you can reach in the field of devotion is that you'll be calm from inside, you'll be happy, joyful, peaceful from inside. But the eyes which is not awakened, the door which is closed, we just do not even know how to open that. We do not even know where the door is. All we know is these Indriyas. So all we can purify and all we can you know, bring perfection into is these Indriyas. We have the power of using our mind to contemplate, to think. Maybe we, we will improve the quality of our thinking. Earlier we were thinking bad things, maybe we will start thinking good things. We had the power of you know, visualizing th things with our eyes. Maybe we can change the dimension that earlier I was paying uh, attention while watching the bad things, now I'll watch only the good thing. I was hearing bad thing, now I'll hear the good thing. We can only purify our indriyas because that's the domain which is accessible to us. At most we can do is we can prepare our body, our indriyas for that conscious devotion to happen. All we can do is just prepare ourselves for that to happen. And that is what is necessary. That is what is necessary also. It's very essential for us to prepare ourselves. Whatever we can, whatever is in our hand to do, we have to really do it. First, we have to purify our body, we have to purify our thought, we have to purify our indriyas. We have to purify our antahkaran. And Sadhgudev says, antahkaran pavitra hai, the one who, whose antahkaran is pavitra, is pure, only that soul will eventually get the Brahmavidya. So we can only prepare with whatever access we have in this body. We do not have access to the Chetan Bhakti. That is something which is gifted to us by the Sadguru. Only Sadguru can gift us the Chetan Bhakti. That is the limitation we are in. When we are caught into the otherwise, what is the what is the the bondage? If if we if we can do everything on our own, that means there is no meaning of bondage. Then whatever Vedas and uh, saints have spoken about that we are caught into bondage, we are caught into karma, we are caught into ignorance, we are caught into the association with prakriti. There is no meaning of it. This very bondage itself, we can experience and realize by this very fact that just because we are in bondage, we are very limited at this point. We are very limited by these bondage. And that is why we need Sadhguru. We need Sadhguru. 
even though we understand that we are in bondage we have no way to break it even though we understand even though we know that there is something called chetan bhakti we have no way to achieve it because that is only on the mercy of Sadhguru. Only when he feels that now, now my soul is ready to get it. It is only then he flows the Chetan Bhakti in us. He opens the secret door in our body and then Chetan Bhakti happens. So it is very essential for us to know that Chetan Bhakti is something where our soul when our consciousness is pulled into a stage which is beyond this body which is beyond the reach of mind beyond the reach of indriyas it is only then the chetan bhakti happens we don't have way to surpass these boundaries the boundaries of mind the boundaries of intellect the boundary of body we don't have power to go beyond it even though any practitioner is going beyond the body going beyond the indriyas it is only because he has been gifted that power it has to be gifted by the sadguru just because we have already practiced some level of spirituality in maybe in previous birth that in this birth from beginning itself Sadhguru has shown his mercy and empowered the soul he has opened the door of that soul to promote their devotion beyond body so Sadhguru is the only giver of devotion nobody else so Chetan Bhakti without attaining chetan bhakti there is no end of the cycle of life and death if we remain in the andrik bhakti we will remain caught into the cycle of life and death and the reason we have hope in vihangam yoga is because in vihangam yoga we do not do physical meditation in vihangam yoga we meditate in connection with Sadhguru power. While we have power to maybe work on our Indriyas, once our Indriyas are pure, inner and outer, when we do our best to purify our thought, purify our action and sit in front of Guru, it is then the Guru who starts working with us and guru has the power to take us to the chetan bhakti so what is our duty in brihangam yoga our duty is to give attendance our duty is to give attendance with complete purity in front of the guru that's it that's our duty and how do we give our attendance to the guru by attending seva by attending satsang by attending sadhana because guru is present in everything guru is watching every seva that we are doing guru is watching every satsang that we are attending the day we feel that oh i will i don't feel like attending satsang today Sadhguru is marking your absence 
that today Mr. Vijay Kumar did not attend satsang. That means his mind was again back to the impurity, back to sansarikta. He will also see that does Mr. Vijay Kumar really had urgency or any constraints, any other issue because of which he did not attend or it was just because his mind was not, not ready for satsang. Everything is being noticed. The day you are initiated in Bihangam Yoga, every moment is being recorded. Your pariksha has started right from the day you are initiated. The day you are initiated, every moment is being examined. How you behave now after you are into Bihangam Yoga. So you are giving your attendance to Guru every moment. Guru every moment. When you are in Seva, when you are in Satsang, when you are in Sadhana. And only when Sadhguru calendar is full that, okay, I had this much of space for his attendance and he has shown attendance enough for me to act on him now. When we give our best, Pahle data shishya bhaya tanaman darashish. First, he examines us that is my child really eager to get devotion or not? Is he really eager? So first, we have to give our best. And he will test by all different means. He will test our devotion by all different means. And when we qualify, then it is his job. It is his power to bestow us that conscious devotion in which all that exists is the soul, the supreme being, the Sadguru and the conscious devotion. There is no role of mind, intellect and the body at that, at that devotion. Then it is all bliss ocean. Then it is all consciousness. Then it is all light. There is no physicality, then it is the zone of liberation and devotion. Then there is end of cycle of life and death. So devotion has the power to liberate us. That devotion is the Chetan devotion. That devotion is the conscious devotion. That is Chetan Bhakti. Jai Sugudai. Thank you, Vijayji. I hope uh, we have understood the Andrik Bhakti and Chetan Bhakti and how we can move from Andrik to Chetan in Vihangam Yoga. So if any listeners have any questions related to this, please come forward and ask. The floor is now open.
Thank you, Maya ji. And that's a good question. Uh, Vijay ji, would you like to take this? Yeah, this is a very beautiful question. And uh, please speak up. Uh, what does Naveen ji says about it? How do we know? What is the feeling that runs within us that tells us that uh, now we are looking for spirituality and we are trying for spirituality now? Anybody, please, please uh, share your feeling. How do we think that we are not physical, uh, physically driven? We are not leading a physical life, but we are, we are now trying, or rather, trying to lead a spiritual life. Jasad Guru Dio, this is Monica here. Yeah. Good morning. Yes, so it's a very, um, very vast question. And there are so many things that come to my mind um, that could be taken as different answers uh, as per me. Um, so spirituality itself is a very, it's a, it's a deep, Topic and uh, so as the the aspirants um, um, need or you know desire um, for it. So I think things like you know being very inquisitive, um, curious about your human birth, uh, you know, from the time that you you started really thinking about life, you know, the time that you got that maturity, um, where, where am I, where am I heading to, what is this life all about, you know, uh, that itself, I think, is the, is, are the very seeds of, uh, uh, you, know, the, you know, the seeds are getting sown for the soul to, uh, un, you know, get into the understanding of the, the vast spirituality that, uh, uh, that, you know, he or she is endowed upon. So uh, I feel those questions, um, that inquisitiveness that a person might be having, uh, even while going to the temple or any religious uh, place or doing Hindrik Bhakti, a person might be still thinking, Okay, I'm doing this, or I'm doing mantra chanting. I'm going and paying my um, uh, uh, devotion to deities, you know, and, and building your faith on that, and building your devotion on that, and uh, that is also shows that you know you you are um, somewhere, you know, an aspirant. And moving from that, uh, you know, uh, reaching to Vyangam yoga, uh, yoga, and you have those basic questions you know, who am I? And then you understand uh, you are a soul, you are a spirit. And then 
you know, and then some people who have this uh, uh, inquisitiveness of having uh, the real guru in their life, you know, that also shows that, you know, you are a spiritual aspirant in some ways. And then now you finally have understood and know the concept a little bit as per your, uh, you know, Buddhist concerned, a little bit about who this Sadhguru is, what is Sadhguru's power, what is my role here in Vihangam Yoga with the Sadhguru. Uh, I think those things are also, um, uh, you know, they, they show also that you are a spiritual aspirant. And then once you start doing meditation, you're in seva, sadhana, satsang, you know, uh, and you know there is a journey that you you are on, which starts with Andrik bhakti and goes, you know, all the way up to chetan bhakti. And yet every step, and now you start relating your practical life with the with your uh, spiritual uh, upliftment and then you know you start questioning uh, things and then you know that there is an internal master sadhguru who is there to help you and guide you if you are open to it and uh, you know um, th th this is all i think this this whole journey that started as a seed is now grown into a small plant, I would say. And uh, you still want to grow and become into a tree. And this whole process is is very vast and it's very beautiful. And at every stage, this inquisitiveness, this curiosity, in other words, we call it, you know, jigyasa, that takes you, uh, you know, it, it's your biggest uh, uh, companion uh, in your journey that you have that takes you from step to step um, and uh, uh, I think all these things um, uh, especially the part that I said that once you start having a relationship with Sadhguru and now you know that there is a higher power working with you at every step of the way uh, I think itself shows that you are a spiritual aspirant um, as for me I think if if i have missed anything i think vivijay could cover it yeah very very beautifully said monica ji hmm. yeah. yeah i hope uh, somebody else also would like to add something jai yes, sadguru uh, this is subhash and uh, i could not uh, resist rather than to add after listening to Vijayji's and Monikaji's uh, uh, discourse on this. So, for me, the way I see it is, uh, uh, you have a body, and whenever you feel hungry, uh, you try to quench the hunger, and that is to meet your physical needs. So, the body has a demand your senses feel the demand act on that demand and so you have money to get food cook it and quench your hunger of the body but as we all know that we are not just a body as Vijayji in his many discourses have talked about six sarirs and all, all those details but at the same time, when we are not quenched just by meeting the needs of the body, but we start 
needing something else, something more. And something that is required to satisfy the soul, I think that is the moment uh, when you see yourself as a spiritual aspirant. The spirituality, the word is spirit, not your body, but your spirit. When it starts seeking, when it starts uh, not getting quenched in day-to-day -day pleasure, in watching TV, in playing with the kids, in going out, or in materialistic pleasure, but still is hungry and wants, and wants something which can be only uh, fulfilled by, uh, by meeting the spiritual need, the need of the spirit, then I think then you claim yourself, you can, uh, as a spiritual aspirant. Thank you. Thank you, Subhashne. Thank you so much for beautifully explaining uh, all these things, uh, Vijay ji, Monika ji, and Subhas ji. And I can't believe the thoughts I'm going through now, listening all of you. Is uh, Monika ji mentioned um, seed to plant to tree we grow, right? Is Subhas ji explained the body is hungry. We start looking for the need. Maybe even starting from the, what do we want? We need money. We need ingredient to cook the food or just buy a food. So similarly, what I'm understanding is this journey. We need ingredient before even we come to start the practicing. What, what are those ingredients? The need, the hunger. Once that hunger is there, then the path, how to get it? How can I get that what I want? For food, we know we need money, we need ingredient to cook the food, fire, whatever, accumulation of the things that you need eventually. What do we need here? We need someone who really knows how can I get quenched for this hunger of spirituality. Now, who can give me, how can I get it? Who and how? It's very important to find the who is we see the easy thing is it start with the Endric Bhakti right that we developed what we can see we can perceive we can understand through our intellect we start we begin with that as we grow we know there is something missing inside as monica ji mentioned what is the purpose of our life is that only the thing we stay here and just go one day disappear is that all the meaning of this our human journey no, that's where God has given us intellect, right? The inner voice comes as a no. And then, okay, I'm in the quest. These questions are coming. I found some ground where I could begin. But this quest itself may get halt sometimes. This is a human journey. We get a lot of situation, tough, good, happy we get involved so 
physical and spiritual is not really really two different thing if we see if we adopt the spiritual journey along the physical journey it's not two different thing it goes side by side and we learn how to manage also we think we are giving separate time for satsang we are giving but that satsang is the need inside that hunger we do not understand in the beginning and but it is there and that's where a lot of people wouldn't even understand this andric bhakti at one point and then once they realize it just starts and they continue to grow continue continue keeps growing in that direction halt may happen then what happens but that inner hunger of the soul we are not feeding the soul how can we feed the soul through the satsang through the seva and if we are aspirant enough guru is always watching us will be connected and we are here in the marg of satsang so we all should be here so this is so beautifully explain how we grow what is andric versus chetan bhakti thank you so much explanation of all this is what summary i'm getting you need to get prepared in the beginning and grow there could be a storm in the life it may happen maybe happiness that we are totally forgotten we are totally in the worldly life that doesn't mean we are away we are separated from the spiritual life our life is still exist and we know the truth always that it this existence has some limitation that is the truth we all know and if it is within us it we again try to reconnect and we are you know fortunate enough to have this platform thank you so much for all the explanation back to you anand ji yes sadgurudev thank you maya ji uh, if anyone has any other questions uh, please come forward you can ask your question now Jai Sri Anand ji, I will take this moment to definitely, uh, you know, kind of uh, awaken this very feeling in all all of us that it is in our hand to make our spiritual journey blissful, or uh, maybe just so so kind of journey. It is in our hand to make it blissful. if something that we know is important in our life it is important in our life just because we know that this is the way out and despite we know this is the way out this is the best way of leading the life yet we fail to make it blissful for us why because we are not making it blissful we are not making it blissful so it is in our hand to make it blissful and how do we do that our guru says in swarveda that at whatever level we are let's say we are at the level of body and mind right now 
then how can our life be blissful in the spiritual practice when we are at the level of body and mind of course only when we eliminate the frictions with the spiritual life when we eliminate the frictions with the spiritual practices when we are at the level of body and mind then our body and mind needs to be aligned to the spiritual practice we need to align our body and mind to the spiritual practices it is only then it will become blissful and how do we align that it just it is just like that that only when we discipline little bit ourselves if let's say we still choose to continue waking up or keeping ourselves awake for no reason i'm not talking about dr subhas ji <laughs> dr subhas ji has a social duty to stay awake in the late in the night for his patient he is doing a service over there but for some of us who have choice who have the choice to sleep early and get up early are we really opting for that choice if we are really opting for that choice then we are doing the right thing we are aligning our body our emotions our mind towards the practice of spirituality and when we really put an honest effort in bringing alignment harmony between the body mind and the spirituality it is only then we'll feel blissful for it we need to create the craving within us for the spiritual practice we need to create the thirst the hunger within us for when will be the time that i'll sit for meditation for when will be the time when i'll sit for prayer more we create the craving within us more it will feel joyful when we get into it do we really wait for the seven days then when will be the sunday again 9:30 that i'll join this satsang if not then we need to develop that craving within us it is in our hand are we really paving the way for for making this journey blissful it is in our hand so understanding the importance of spirituality is not enough what more is required from us is to do the needful to make our spiritual journey blissful at the level of body and mind itself and when sadguru will starts working with us emphatically then anyway our journey will be blissful because those who start testing the blessings of sadguru then no matter whatever was your state of body and mind you will automatically fall in place you will automatically be driven to that because something beautiful magical will happen in your life that you cannot stay away from it anymore you will really start 
feeling the bliss of spirituality when Sadhguru, when Sadhguru decides to work on you. But till then, it is our duty to make it blissful. Our duty, when we know something is important, we have to prepare ourselves for it. We have to see why did I not feel happy joining satsang? Why did I not feel happy doing my meditation? If you did not feel happy, what can you do to make it happy? What was missing in that practice that it did not give you the test of happiness when you did it? We really need to work on that. And this is our side of Purusharth. This is our side of Purusharth. And uh, let me tell you, it, it all revolves around the state of the mind, nothing else. Just the state of the mind. All we need to watch full on is, what is the state of my mind? Is it going more towards the, the physical bhoga, the, the subjects? Is it, it is still hungry and thirsty for the bhog or it is really inspired and thirsty and hungry for, for the meditation, for satsang, for seva? If not, then we need to work on it immediately. We need to pick Swarvid, start reading. We need to open YouTube, start hearing Sadhguru's Amritwani. Just develop the test. Just transition the mind from the state of impurity to purity. We have to work on it. It is something like this. The moment we find there is some disease in us, we need to work on it. Because this disease will grow like cancer. So you have to treat it. Similarly, the moment you find our mind that it is not conducive for spiritual practice, I'm not feeling happy. I'm not feeling blissful. That means it's a disease. It's a disease that needs to be cured. And we need to really work on it. And the way to cure is, is to change the state of the mind itself. How can you change the state of the mind? By surrounding it with that positivity. If at this point of time you don't feel for the spiritual practices, it does not mean that you will never feel that attracted towards the spiritual practice. No, maybe this very next day you will feel attracted towards spirituality. Why? Because the mind is so fickle. You can change the mind very easily. It is in our hand to change the mind. So when it is in our hand to change the mi mind, then why not work on it? And then that's why Sadhgudev says that the moment you start getting negative thoughts or something which is taking you away from spirituality, at that very moment itself, we need to start thinking about something very positive which will attract you back to the spirituality. So we need to have that database ready for us that okay the moment i feel you know detract from the spiritual practices what should i contemplate on do you have any material to contemplate on somebody has bhajan they start singing bhajan in their mind somebody has some moment some sansmaran they start thinking about what sadgudev has done in my life how can i not do seva how can i not do seva 
when Sadhguru Dev has done so much in my life, somebody would have something else. Somebody would have Swarved. They will start reading Swarved. What is happening to my mind? No, I cannot let my mind go back to the impurity again. No, I cannot allow that. Let me read Swarved. Somebody would have YouTube. Somebody would have something else. But you need to have something. Something very handy. So that you can immediately start curing your mind which is which is getting caught into disease you cannot allow your mind to go into disease again it is in our hand to do that so all i'm trying to request here is let us all keep certain things very handy which will keep our mind joyful in the spiritual practices thank you Thank you Vijayji for giving such a wonderful thought on being blissful while doing the spiritual practices. Uh, I hope everybody will understand and try to incorporate in their practice. So it I, is time to, yeah. I have quick questions that I, we don't have to answer in this call, uh, but I just wanted to yes. ask this cover in the next session sometime. So how do I know whether I'm in the right path or not and how much I have proceeded in that path? So whether it is, um, what are the path it is, either right or wrong, but how far into that? Is there any kind of tips and techniques to find out that where I am and how to come back to the right things again? Um, for example, give a quick example here. So. As we discussed in the earlier discussion, anyone and everyone should start with the basics, unless there are very few exceptions. Right? When we start with the basics, there are people already advanced, and there are few people already in the some different stages. So those those souls or people can um, can check the people who are like coming new where we are, and then we can try to bring them to the right path or maybe make them some, give them some tips to come up to speed, right? For example, learning from others' mistakes. So how do I know? Again, I'll go back to my question. So which path I'm in, how far I am, and how to come back. Yeah, let, let me take this because this is very important for even me to verify whether my understanding is correct on this or not. So. I will give you a simple scale on it and very straightforward scale on it. For example, let's say on Dhanteras, Sadhgudev gave an opportunity that all my Shishya all over the globe can offer Seva on the occasion of satsang, on the occasion of Dhanteras, and I am here to receive your seva. Let's say Sadhgudev did this on the day of Dhanteras. Then what is our reaction? What is our reaction to it? Our reaction will reflect how much we have 
accepted Sadgurudev as our Parampita. How much we have accepted Sadguru as our well-wisher? How much we have accepted Sadgurudev as our true guide? Seva is the, the scale that will very clearly measure how much we have progressed. What is our reaction? They are devotees who will do whatever Sadhgudev says. And they are devotees who will start debating first in their mind. Should I do? Should I not do? Should I do? Should I not do? And then they are devotees who will not even pay attention to it. I don't know what is it. What is it? That's fine. I'm just doing my meditation. I'm just doing my my prayers. I'm attending 7 a.m., 7 p.m. sadhana every day. And uh, I'm happy about it. So the progress, first of all, progress in spirituality cannot be separated from the progress of our devotion for the Guru. You cannot separate it. How much we are really devoted to Guru is what will determine how much we have progressed in the spirituality. Because spirituality cannot be separated from Guru. It may sound uh, maybe uh, not very logical in the beginning. But only when we understand how much we can really make a progress in spirituality all by ourselves. When we really honestly try to do our best and when we hit a, a bottleneck and when we realize that no, all by myself and I cannot go beyond it. Only a true aspirant can can actually find that boundary when they have really did the best to make their life very spiritual they did their best and then they will know that okay from this point I cannot promote myself any further all I can become is maybe a good human being a truthful human being but my thirst my thirst within is still not quenched I need really more, I need to experience who am I? What is the spirit that I am? When, when you really hit that bottleneck, then you realize why it is essential to have Sadhguru in life for the spiritual journey. Only when you hit the boundary. Who hits the boundary? The one who have really tried to go beyond the boundary. It is only then the thing, the, what is the limits, what is the boundary in which I am caught in. So our scale of promotion is not how much we are practicing meditation, not how much we are devoted to satsang, but as simple as this, this, how much devoted we are for the Guru. If our devotion for Guru has not yet blossomed, that means there is much more to be done. That means we are still in ignorance. Maybe still we are not understanding what Sadhguru is. 
it's as simple as this very simple maybe we will not understand this point right away but if we put our honest effort in spiritual journey we will slowly understand this that eventually it boils down to only this how much devoted we are to the Sadhguru that's it yes thank you yes, yeah so nicely Vijayji um, explained and while talking I missed one thing that also was coming into my mind and I guess that could answer um, Venkatesh's question Narayana Venkatesh Narayana sorry if I'm missing the name That's fine. So, <laughs> G. so like tree uh, seeds to plant to tree example uh, when we were taking uh, I remember I love Jasmine I'm a flower <laughs> fan girl so and last year I was so uh, sad because it got disease uh, tiny you know some bug kind white and I was like how to save this plant learned and sprayed a uh, bug killer uh, and it's three, four times. I literally thought it will not survive. And it did survive. This is spring. I got beautiful flowers out of it. That is what is was coming in my mind. And we could relate that, you know. What do you need when we feel we are lost from the path? Uh, no happiness in our path. And as a beginner, how to understand where I am progressing? Let's say you connect back in seva satsang and sadhana these three pillars are given in vihangam journey in order to progress right is i put the buckler i know this is the way i could help the plant to survive this is the three pillars set by Sadhguru that when we execute that in our life involve that in our life we could progress so if I'm a deviated also, am I making enough effort to put, bring myself back into those three pillars to strengthen them in order to progress into my journey? Yes, we are attending satsang. Let's see how we are handling the situation now. Is my anger reduced? Am I better focused? Am I happy person? Does it take less time for me to get focused that usually it was taking before? Is it giving me inner happiness joining satsang? Do I feel something is missed out of my life if I do not join satsang? These are the things I would think is, you know, a beginner into this journey ourselves we could understand how my practice is progressing really spirituality is within us it's eternal it never dies we are here in this grass body or we are out but it is with you as a soul it never disappears it just matter of our attachment with the prakriti we are lost so these are the treatment 
you could say like plant has the bug killer or whatever it needs some nourishment we need in our spiritual life some nourishment and that's very clearly Sadhguru Dev has defined seva satsang sadhana there are examples now seva could be done through you know just following the adesh of Sadhguru we are asked do this meditation in the Brahma Muhurt. Do it twice, minimum 10 minutes. Are we doing that? Not, then let's make it habit. Now, this is Adesh. Seva could be multiple ways. I'm remembering Shaliji, you guys would have heard earlier. She is one of the youngest uh, Vihangam Yogi business entrepreneur. Initially, a lot of, lot of business entrepreneurs, they will be uh, donating money uh, to the charity. Similar mindset she was doing. She thought, okay, this is one kind of seva that I could do. But then later, as she started getting experience, we all are not that fortunate that our journey has started from the in Vihangam Yoga from the previous but or if it would have been also we don't know but she got a lot of glimpse out of it then her thought process changed there is something that I have been looking for I have done so many uh, preliminary you know like uh, I said ingredient accumulation of ingredient like Indrik Bhakti or wherever she was in search she had been doing a lot of different yogas Vipassana and Isha and so many so-called uh, but then she had that inner thirst inside and doing seva also through the endric she was doing that you know what's big deal bill gates give to charity let me just give to charity that's one kind of seva but that seva kafal the fruit outcome of that service was so huge that she didn't know until she started that experience it got changed so the seva if we do we should just not attach our worldly desire she just like okay charity we give but then when she started that is when she really understood what is the meaning of service you should just just have your devotion and it comes it takes time but a said like to, for the progress these are the things we could uh, start thinking uh, how it is going how i am handling how aspirant i am to attain satsang how i am doing seva can i engage myself in seva if this is one of the pillar i'm missing that pillar you know th these are the things that thought coming to us uh, makes us understand how we are progressing that's all i could add here thank you so much thank you Mayaji. uh i think it's time to move towards the conclusion of this session so we will uh, conclude the session with uh, guru vandana aarti and shanti part i request uh, nituji to sing last few lines of guru vandana thank you anandji Prabhu Kalp Sant Samaj Uttam Sarv Dharma Acharya Hai 
जिमीना आश्रित सिंधु के है विश्व पथ में कार्य है प्रभु सत्य संत समाज तेरा आप रक्षा कीजिए जन सदा फल ज्ञान भक्ति वृद्धि दिन दिन कीजिए बोलिए सदगुरुदेव भगवान की जय ओवर टू यू आनंद जी थैंक यू नीतू जी आई रिक्वेस्ट यू टू सिंग लास्ट फ्यू लाइंस ऑफ आरती ऑल आर रिक्वेस्टेड टू राइज फॉर आरती थैंक्स थैंक यू आनंद जी गुरु मूर्ति गति चंद्रमा सेवक नयन चकोर पलक पलक निरखत रहे गुरु मूर्ति की ओर श्वेत श्वेत मैं श्वेत है श्वेत श्वेत मैं श्वेत तीन पाद अमृत भरा श्वेत महानद श्वेत अष्ट चक्र सब शून्य पर धर अधरा के पार सदा फल घर किया भूली पड़ा संसार बोलिए सदगुरुदेव भगवान की जय ओवर टू यू आनंद जी थैंक यू नीतू जी ऑल प्लीज टेक योर सीट्स आई रिक्वेस्ट अगेन नीतू जी फॉर शांति पाठ थैंक यू आनंद जी हे प्रभु शांति स्वरूप हो शांति शांति मैं शांति 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 जन शांति हो पूर्ण शांति मैं शांति हे प्रभु शांति प्रदान कर दूर हो सर्व अशांति देव सदा फल शांति मै शांति शांति सुख शांति बोलिए सदगुरुदेव भगवान की जय बैक टू यू आनंद जी Thank you, Nitu ji. I uh, once again thank you all for joining this session today. Uh, thanks to Vijay ji for answering in detail all the questions we had. Thank you, Nitu ji, for soulful rendition of all the prayers. And thanks to Venkat ji, Maya ji, Monica ji, and Subhash ji for your active participation. Uh, I had a lot of takeaways from today's session and i am sure we all must have taken our own learnings so i hope 
uh, we have all taken a positive step in the right direction and i'm sure the knowledge we gained today will enrich your life to help progress on spiritual path i wish you all a very happy weekend and the week ahead and happy thanksgiving jai sadguru dev thank you